You're listening to Talking TV with Liz and Lindy of PureFandom.com. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to the return of Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. Whoa, yeah. Aren't you so excited? Yes, it's been a really long time. I know, because, um, well, hear us out, guys. First of all, uh, we, as you know, recap Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has been off the air since, like, way before I was pregnant, so it's been well over a year. Yeah. And um, Pure Fandom is, like, going crazy with new writers right now and stuff, and so we've just been, like, rocking it out with that, and now we can recap our show again. I'm really excited. Hell yeah. Oh, and I'm Lindy. If you can, can you tell our voices oh, yeah. apart? Probably uh, not. Wait, oh. I'm Liz. And I'm Lindy. But that's not how we're going to talk. I'm uh, Liz. But I'm, you don't talk like that either. I know, I don't. Okay. Um, wait, you go first. I'm Lindy. I'm Liz. <laughs> well, whatever. We're off to a great start. <laughs> for those that have been listening to us for a while, um, you know that our brains have basically merged as one by at this point. Correct. So it doesn't matter. Except when it comes to The Walking Dead and how we feel about certain aspects. Because you tell me I'm negative and I'm like pro-Negan and you told me I'm a bad person. Which you really shouldn't be surprised because I'm a Slytherin. I did not tell you, well, the bad person part. I'm not surprised about, but I didn't hate you for hating on Negan. The whole deal was you basically said <laughs> you, like, wouldn't come back for me. No, you, tur- you turned it into that, but I think we're getting uh, off topic. We are getting off topic. Um, we just lost um, half our listeners, I saw, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we're recapping Game of Thrones. So, season seven premiered last night. Yes. Um, Dragonstone. And um, it was pretty freaking epic, per the usual. So we thought we'd just walk through kind of scene by scene and then point out super specific stuff. Things you may not have noticed. Correct. Um, that uh, we did. <laughs> and other people did. Um, so if we steal anything from another website, we're not stealing it. We're just quoting you in this podcast. Yeah, right. Um, Which so is how we roll. Let's... I guess we should just start with quite possibly the most badass cold open ever. The Ugh. opening scene of Arya, which was so amazing because the second it came on and you saw Walder, you're like, yes, that's Arya. Under which there. for a slight moment, I was like, oh, flashback. I know. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, good, because I want, you know, like we want a yeah. Rhaegar flashback at some point. Oh. But then, but then you're right. It was like, oh no, this is, yeah, that's Arya. She has the face. And it kicked off. I feel, well, this is kind of off topic, but I feel like the whole episode focused on how badass all of the women in the show are. It was like very, I don't know. I think it really pointed out all of our female characters and how integral they are and how powerful they are. And she kind of kicked that off. But I loved seeing her take sweet, sweet revenge it was it's amazing badass well i think it's a testament and i agree with you in the badassery of women and that was a continuation from the finale when you know we saw how um dorn now ran by women partnered with house uh uh tyrell which of course is with lady olana cersei danny i mean and then we have sansa who 
I mean, we'll get to that because I got we'll things get, to say. We'll get to Sansa. Yes, <laughs> queen. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty awesome. And I think it's cool to see George R. R. Martin, like, yeah, horrible things happen. But um, he's a man that likes some sweet, sweet revenge. Oh, yeah, he does. I mean, it was it was so badass. And, I mean, House Frey is fucking gone. That was... It, it like, was, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I know. It was so amazing. And, and I think... After seeing that scene, there's no way Arya is dying ever in the show. I feel like she's, like, ultimate going to make it to the end. Well, and even if she does die, so what um, a lot of people on Twitter were were pointing out in the season, um, or in the preview for her next episode, she comes across a dire wolf that growls at her. So hopefully that's Numira. And if she does die, she just wards into Numira. So that's the only exception that I'll take. And if she dies otherwise, um, she ain't dying. She Liz. ain't dying. She's she gonna sit dying. on that I- that ivory throne, the iron throne, <laughs> that ivory throne, the <laughs> iron throne with Gendry. I'm I'm calling it right now. Gendry's coming back. We know he's coming back. Right. And him he and her to be together. For and sure. everyone else is gonna die. Everyone. I'd be fine if it was just her and Gendry. Like their their goals. Danny's gonna break the wheel. John's gonna kill the White Walkers, and then Arya and Gendry are gonna hold hands and sit on the Iron Throne, and Hot Pie's gonna be like, I made you something. <laughs> I made you a wedding cake. <laughs> um, if his skills excelled that much from when he gave um, Arya his direwolf bread to when he gave Bran the direwolf bread, like, imagine the mad fucking bread skills that guy has right now. <laughs> like, it has been, like, three seasons since we've seen him make bread. Like, He's coming back. His pie is lit. He ain't no more hot pie. He's lit pie. <laughs> oh 100. I can't. Okay. I have actual tears. That was really good. Thank you. That was good. Thank um, you. Okay. So that was amazing. And then I think that the next scene that we saw was Sansa and, and John, which there's so much to say about their scene. I mean, we saw them sitting at um, the table where, you know, where we saw them last season and... Of course, little Lady Mormont. The hell is her name again? Lyanna. That's right. Duh. Sorry, if I know you're obsessed with her. Was a total badass again. And Sansa tried to disagree with John. Well, she did disagree in front of everybody and kind of challenged his authority. She didn't win, but then they had words outside. What did you take from that? So I know that they're trying to maybe allude to the fact that there'll be tension between them, but... I think it's more of a brother-sister thing. Like, Sansa has come so far, but that doesn't mean she's not still... She's still not that, um... Like, I hate using the word bratty, but she's just kind She's still really young. Like, mm-hmm. we forget she's not... I mean, what? She's, like, 17, maybe, or something, right now know. on the show? And, uh, yeah, like, maybe. maybe 18. I think, um... She's just... She's now to the point where she's so sick of taking people's shit that she just has, like, no filter or barrier with anybody, mm-hmm. which I think is great for her. But it's also, like, if you want to be an advisor, like, she say, like how she told John, listen to me. Would that be so terrible? Well, if you want to be an advisor, here's how advisors work. You shut the fuck up, and then when you're in your close, in close quarters, that's where you counsel. You know, that's where you can discuss things. You don't do it in front of everyone you're ruling because then it just 
even if you are right, which I'm not saying she is, but even if she was right in what she was saying, it makes everyone else not trust her or John and makes it look like a shit show. And she needs to control herself. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that she... I don't know that she craves power, but I think she definitely wants revenge and she definitely thinks she's right. And having Littlefinger lurking there, I think really foreshadows him kind of giving her what she's wanting, which is the revenge and certain amount of power and to do what she thinks she needs to do. I mean, the whole comment about Cersei and how she taught her a lot I mean, that meant something. And someone pointed out, this was a HuffPost article. Was it the braid? Yeah, their hair was the same. Yeah, so Sansa's hair in that scene was braided like Cersei's a la, like, season three or something. Which I think is fine because, like, Cersei had fierce hair. She did. So (laughs) there was that parallel there. And, and yeah, I think it really, it it meant something that they brought it up. And it definitely meant something that Littlefinger was there um, right after that conversation. Because I think... She's going to realize that he is going to give her what she wants, and she's going to cave to whatever he wants from her, which is what, like marriage or some bullshit? Probably. And I think, I think you're totally right. But I, I don't believe she'll, if she does something like against John, it won't be to like, it won't be in some evil way like yeah. Cersei would. Like it'll be like, they deserve this, and this, I believe this is what's right, so I just went ahead and. Right, I just went ahead and did it and didn't realize the consequences. I mean, she already went, and we, re, so we did our rewatch on Pure Fandom of the entire six seasons and kind of revisited a couple of things, and in watching the episode where she calls on Lord Aaron and the army yeah. to come, and obviously they save the day with Battle of the Bastards, I was rewatching it again and I'm like, there's literally, there was no point in her not telling John, she was calling them. Like, I still don't get it. So, I think she... I mean, I guess, you know, with the whole little finger thing and all that stuff. But it's just, like, she's still very naive with yeah. certain things. And I'm not saying that John isn't. I'm just saying John's like, listen, I already done died once. I've seen the Night King. <laughs> we need Valerian Steel. Like, it's... You yep. guys, it's bigger than this. Yeah. And, um... Sorry, sorry about you. I'm not about to. And I think he was right in saying, listen, I'm not going to rip these poor kids from their homes and deal with the drama that we don't have time for someone to move out and move back oh, in. Yeah. We know how long it takes. You just moved. You know how long that takes, how it's stressful that is. It's such a hassle. It's such a hassle. He's like, we don't got time for that shit. It is the literally the living versus the dead. Right. So, um, no. And Sansa doesn't get that. She hasn't seen the white, the Night King. Right. Um, speaking of, can we also, in this part of uh the discussion talk about so you know how john said last season the storm the dead don't wait out the storm they bring the storm last night we saw this scene or on sunday night we saw this scene they're literally bringing the storm and white walker giants yes they are so that happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Like, he wasn't kidding. Like, I, he took it literal. Like, they're actually bringing a storm. How yeah. are you supposed to fight in that? You can't see. I don't know. I don't I have mean, an answer for that. Like, I, I think you need to have lightsabers, not Valyrian steel or dragon glass. You're right. Something needs to light up. You're, you're very, yes. I, you're right. 
Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Do you want to talk about Cersei and Jamie? Because that situation is all sorts of messed Yeah, what up. do you think? I love when you dive into into these um, relationships, especially Cersei and Jamie. Well, I thought at the end of last season, and I think we both did, the way that Jamie looked at Cersei as she sat on the throne after she blew everything up, I kind of predicted that Jamie wouldn't really be on her side anymore, realizing what she's done, and that's what he had killed the Mad King for. But it looks like he was supporting her, and she definitely has the power in that relationship now, that's for sure. I mean, he was almost doubting whether or not she understood the magnitude of the situation. And she was just like, yeah, no, I've, I've got this. And it also scares the shit out of me because she seems pretty damn confident about, you know, whatever she has planned. Um, she has nothing to lose. No, she has nothing to lose. And she needs to have some counseling because her, her grieving process is, you know, it's not very healthy. And he pointed that out. He said we haven't, and I think the reason he hasn't left yet is because he hasn't exhausted all the options of her completely losing it. Mm-hmm. Like he said, we haven't talked about Tommen. Yeah. Our youngest son committed suicide. We haven't talked about that. And she's like, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. And he's like, uh, yes, there is. And she didn't tell him that she called the Iron Islands. Yep. Um, that she's considering a proposal from him. Yeah. I mean, he's just, I think he's waiting to see how it plays out only because he... I mean, he did the same with Tyrion. Like, he almost believes in his family to a fault. Yeah, I think it'll... I think it'll have to be Jamie that is her downfall because in order for Cersei to die um, or be taken down, I think it's got to be somebody close to her. And, of course, I still believe that badass theory that somebody brought up to us in a, um, a Wizard World panel once about... Mm. Oh, because... Okay, so we know Arya's on her way to go kill the queen yes to go kill Cersei well somebody brought up on a panel because of the prophecy Cersei's prophecy that told her that she would be killed strangled to death by her little brother which could technically be Jaime because I think he's technically younger than her she's older than him yes correct um if Arya was wearing Jaime's face when she when she he killed Cersei so technically the prophecy would come true but it would be Arya fulfilling that vengeance I think that would be the most epic thing. I think that would be amazing. Ever. And we've already seen that prophecies aren't literal. Like, look with the whole um, Morning Star or Born Under a Burning Star prophecy of the prince that was promised. Mm-hmm. John wasn't born under an actual burning star. The star was um, the sword of Sir Arthur Dane that is called Morning Star, which was wielded from the Dawn. ashes of a burnt star. Yeah. So, but so, that's if he's a Zora High, which we don't know. And are they even going to do that? We don't know. That's a whole other podcast. However. Well, you can find that in our um, Mormon Theory podcast we just published. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, and we also said in it quick, well, that I want to tell you about, I don't think, I think the whole Azora High thing is being told through this Lord of Light stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, subliminal, subliminally being told. Like, we've already, there is a prince that was promised, there is a savior. Like, the show has already prophesize a savior Mm -hmm. we thought it was stannis or red woman thought it was stannis obviously it's john whatever Mm -hmm. or it could be um jamie if you could check out one of our other prince that was promised theories on the website but anyways 
prophecies aren't literal, and they've right. proven that in the show, regardless of whether John or Jamie or who the fuck ever is the prince that was promised. Right. So that's my that my ultimate theory is in hope and dream is that Arya does that and kills Cersei. However, I do want to bring up. I mean, am I the only one that looked at Euron and thought that he stepped out of like a music, a rock music video from like 2015? Uh, no, you're not, because I was like, that outfit is hot as hell. Like he's not. But that outfit rocked. But it didn't look like it fit the times. Like it looked like he was wearing like leather pants. Like I know that's why it was awesome. Day. I mean, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just I kept <laughs> looking at him like, dude, you look like. And also, like, how is that? Like, day. did you keep that like stowed away because like salt water would eat away leather, <laughs> and that thing looked pristine. It was AF. in his trunk. It was in his trunk, so we could look nice for his would be bread. Correct. So. I won't go into this totally because I'm guessing it's a spoiler. Well, I don't know. So we know that Euron said he was going to bring back a gift that, like, Cersei couldn't, that would love, the ultimate gift. Right. So I think it's a dragon horn. But I don't oh. know if I should go into it because I don't know if it's a book spoiler. Um, I don't think you should go into it in case it is a book spoiler. But I will say Business Insider did an article about the gift and what they think it could be. Um, some people are saying it could be Tyrion, but like, I don't know, that's something like, that's kind of obvious. So, um, HBO released the description for episode three, which is called The Queen's Justice. And in the description, it says Cersei returns a gift. So they're predicting that she's going to deny his proposal. Hmm. Okay. So, which is, so just then something maybe to, my theory. So something to noodle wrong. on. Okay. Okay. I don't Let, know. Let's talk about... Something to noodle on. Let's talk about... Um, well, regardless, she needs some help, and she needs those ships, so she's going to take the help at some well, point, I because she like, has nobody else. Well, she has one other person, and, I mean, she could just turn to Jamie and be like, um, I got it covered, so we're going to become what's called a quote-unquote white walker, but hear me out. <laughs> um, they got... I think they're going to win... I don't know. I could see her just becoming a White Walker and being like, fuck it. I want to see... No. Not... No. It would kind of be the perfect ending, though, just to see her become, like, the White Walker's queen. She's the ultimate ice queen. I think she's going to die before that part of the war ever reaches her. Because I because I think what's going to have to happen is everybody's going to have to band together to fight the White Walkers, and there's no way in hell that she would do that. I think she might flee King's Landing as she's being attacked and taken over. And let Jamie die. And then, probably, and then as she flees, she just goes into exile somewhere and finds the White Walkers. I don't know. Okay. I could just see her, I just feel like with her character development, like, where else does she go other than death? Becoming it. Yeah. Unless she actually has a, a proper grieving process and uh, She's sho- too shows some gone. humanity, but no. Okay, so let's talk about... The literal shittiest part of the episode, oh which God. was Sam at the Citadel. Oh, that, that poor was guy. so He gross. was so excited to be, you know, finally where he felt like he needed to be training as a maesta. And then, yeah. He's just cleaning chamber pots. He's just and cleaning rat. chamber pots. I mean, that that sucks. That was, just, I almost wanted to throw up when they did that montage, cutting like to and from all the, all the poop pots. Yeah. It was disgusting. So anyways, he's in the, <laughs> he's in the library. He looks in the restricted section, and he sees a book that's fallen open. Needless to say, he makes his way back there later, opens it, 
and sees that there is a shit ton of dragon glass buried underneath Dragonstone. Yes. Which I always knew little Sam would be the key to saving the world. How else would, why else would he be there? Um, also, fun fact, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I have this right. I just need to find the source. And if we are wrong, guys, when I edit this, I'll put the right one in there. <laughs> um, the dude Sam was talking to yeah, about the restricted section, he's the fucking librarian from Harry Potter that doesn't allow them to go in the restricted section. Shut your front face? Uh, that doesn't make sense. Shut the front door. Shut the front door. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. What? Yeah. That would be pretty amazing. I know. Fucking Somebody, hilarious. Because yeah. someone was telling me about that today. They did, like, a joke about it. And I was like, wait, what? It's the same guy? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. That's pretty epic. So. Pretty epic. This is um, so. Before we talk about. Well, first of all, Jorah's all up in there. Right. So. I screamed. Well, in that same Business Insider article, the Valerian Steel Blade used in Bran's assassination attempt from season one mm-hmm. is the same one that is in one of Stam- Sam's Citadel books that he stole. What? Yes. So, um, here, I'll read this to you really yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm confused. Okay, so, um, the, again, this is from Business Insider. Sam stole several books from the Citadel Library's restricted section, and while he was flipping through the pages, we got a peek at a drawing of a very important weapon. The dagger, often referred to as the Catspaw Blade, a reference to the would-be killer or Catspaw who tried to kill Bran in Season 1. We knew the blade was made from Valyrian steel and had a hilt made of dragon bone, but its origins have been a big mystery in the books in the show. So based on Sam's book, we now know that the blade was an ancient Targaryen weapon. We don't know where the blade is in the show now. The blade was last seen on Ned's desk in Season 1, Episode 4. In the books, apparently Littlefinger has it, blah, 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 like a couple of other people could still have it. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Then, in another article, um, we see that some Reddit user, of course. Of course. Took a snapshot of the actual um, pages that was being read. This yet this Reddit user, um, Beast Mode Kate. Of course. Yeah. It was her. So when, you know, he points to the mountain and says, or sorry, I should use that phrase lightly. When he points to <laughs> the the underground mountain whatever of in Dragonstone Dragon yeah. that is housing Dragonglass. Um, on the other side of the page, uh, we see half of the page. It's cut off. But we can get a rough idea of what it's talking about. So BuzzFeed says that um, we already know the chapter is about Dragonglass and its uses. The opposite page is where Sam gets the epiphany about mining Dragonglass for Dragonstone. And this passage talks about the tales of Dragonglass being used, excuse me, as a possible cure for illness and disease when ingested. Shut the front door. Goddamn, they're Hold thorough. On. There's more. It then proceeds to say that while little harm occurs from the ingestion, that you, quote unquote, can't discount the harm to the gullible. It's fair to say the writer of the book is not convinced, but surely this little tidbit will be enough to convince Sam and Jorah to give it a try. Obviously, Jorah doesn't have too much to lose at this point because we saw his arm mm-hmm. when he took his chamber pot. BuzzFeed also points out that we also know that Dragon Glass is powerful with some sort of healing aspects because the children used it to stop Benjen from turning into a white walker. 
and it was dragon glass that got us into this mess in the first place when the children used it to create the White Walkers. And again, we'll link to this BuzzFeed article. Oh my God. I know. I found that right before we recorded, and I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I mean, how fucking thorough, man. Dude, I just so would have, like, written, like, drew some lines on a paper on the opposite side of that book if I was in charge of that show. I know. God. Like, well, and with all this magic floating around, it's like, you didn't have some sort of, like, voice recorder Surrey. Or even when, even when <laughs> Sam, like, sends the raven, yeah. you know, to tell John, like, he's like, we gotta send a raven to tell John about the dragon glass, which the episode two premiere shows that he got because people are like, we can't trust a Targaryen, blah, right. blah, blah. But... Um, like, why couldn't, like, they don't have some sort of texting or something? Like, Raven just seems, like, that wasn't a really important message. Like, if Euron can get that kind of outfit, <laughs> a Raven can yes. do, like, Morse code through their brains mm-hmm. to send messages. Um, Or, like, breathe the three-eyed Raven. Yeah. I feel like that should be a next step. Right. For sure. Like, I don't know if that means actually breeding Bran or if there is an actual three-eyed raven or if it just exists in your mind. Oh, why doesn't Bran just pop out a bunch of... Well, he can't pop out babies, but, like... How do you know? Because he's a man. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, he can create them. Right, but he can't pop them out. Right. So he needs to partner with someone. Because he's a man. (laughs) Because he's a man. You know, maybe him and Mira, like, whoever his, you know, heart, whoever he falls in love with, and then they need to procreate enough to station people at all these different areas so they can Send just telepathic message right i mean give them great insurance pay them well because it sounds like a shit job but i mean i'm just all right what's the next scene? i don't even know what to say what's to you the right next now? scene we're at 25 minutes good so God. are we still are we doing okay can we talk about ed shireen because that was super distracting shireen whatever the fuck I don't know how to say his name. Oh, I, I know why you said Shireen. Because, oh, that's another thing this article pointed out. Shireen, Princess, Princess Shireen. Shireen. We know that she's the only person we know of who has successfully halted the effects of Grayscale, as this BuzzFeed article quotes. Yeah, but that's because she's a child. It's different when you're a kid. Well, also, where'd she grow up? Dragonstone, which houses a shit ton of dragon glass. So whoever they call to stop the Grayscale probably just, you know sharded up some dragon glass in her morning oatmeal, and then all of a sudden it stopped. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it makes sense. <laughs> they eat porridge. I've seen it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's possible, though. Okay, so Ed Sheeran. I thought it was distracting that he was there. All I could think about was that everybody else had brown hair, and he had red hair, and I think he and might be balding. And that he was balding. Ed fucking Sheeran? Yeah, and I think he's balding. And I kept thinking about that. And it was weird. And I thought he looked less balding than normal, though. But it could be all the armor. <laughs> yeah, for well, sure. Anyways, I thought that scene was important the way that they kind of, like, doubted that a young girl would be killing the queen. Also, that that was hilarious. But she... It was like, LOL. And LOL, she's like, hee hee <laughs> I'm aware all y'all faces. That's oh. what she was thinking in her head. But I thought it was a cute, a cute little scene. Well, and the lyrics that he... Um, saying were the lyrics for hands of gold apparently and this is from that business insider article in the books Tyrion um kept shay in king's landing and not in the red keep and um some singer named simon silvertongue befriended shay and tried to blackmail Tyrion into helping him sing at the royal wedding or else he'd sing a song about Tyrion and shay and the song that he wrote about Tyrion and shay is the song Ed Sheeran was singing. What? 
Yes. Who picks up on these things? I don't know. That's why I Google it and we record and publish on Tuesdays. Thank God for Reddit <laughs> and all Seriously. the smart people in the world. I know. Shit. I was like, well, how do you have time? Like, I had a doctor's appointment this morning. Like, <laughs> I had to type notes into my freaking phone just to remember what the hell happened. We got a lot going on. Okay, so let's talk about the hound and then Danny. Okay, perfect. Okay, so the hound. Do you want to break down? Okay, so the breakdown of that the hound. That and the, the, the dead peoples? Yes. So with the hound... Um, of course, he's still with um, the, the Brotherhood, Brotherhood without banners. Um, Beric Dondarrion is back. And what in, a name, by the way. His name fucking rocks. And I love how in the season trailer, you know, we see him. Obviously, he makes it to the north and lights up a sword. And it's bad fucking ass. But he's with Beric and he's with the um, Highbun priest dude. They called it a top knot. Do you think that's a term they actually used back in the day? Top knot? It's a very literal term, so I could see that. <laughs> it's on the top and it's in a knot. Right. So, I maybe. I kind of lulled when he said that, though. I know. Like, I was like, what? Your on should have a top knot. He should have a top He's already <laughs> super trendy. Okay, right? I'm sorry. Keep going. No, keep you're going. fine. So, of course, they come across the house that we saw a few seasons back when it was Team Arya and the Hound, and the Hound had taken all the silver from that old man that offered him a job and his daughter and said they won't make it through the winter anyways. They'll starve. Well, he was right. Um, they died. It was so sad. Um, because they were starved. And from the looks of it, Beric points out to the hound, well, he probably just killed her because she was dying of starvation. I can't even Which is horrible. The hound feels like a dick because he's on a path to redemption. And then the hound finally looks into the fire. The priest topknot dude is like looking to the fire and he sees the war against winter and they're like, yeah, Joker, that's the shit we're talking about. And the <laughs> hound's like, oh, fuck, I got to like make amends now. So then I got to go fight some White Walkers. Like <laughs> it was the first time I think we'd ever seen the hound scared. Yeah. And he is. He's always been one of my absolute. You love him. Favorite. I, don't, I think he's hilarious. He's great. He's and awesome. I think there's so he's got like an onion. He's got lots of layers, and I think him and Arya. I'm sorry, what? Like an onion, he has lots of layers. Oh, lots of layers. Layers. I'm sorry. I'm. So, I apologize. I apologize. I had misinterpreted what My you were saying. My southern accent was That's difficult right. to interpret. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. I think him and Arya are destined to meet back up too. I think that that needs to happen, um, and I, I think that. Well, there will be a showdown with the mountain and the hound, for sure. And I almost think maybe the hound, you know, him asking, like, what makes you worthy of being brought back to life? And them talking about that, I wonder if the hound will get brought back to life after that fight. Like, if he, he'll get killed and it'll be Ooh. a tragic, yeah, it'll be a tragic, or maybe Dondarrion will die and actually die. And then hound will kind of be the next person that takes that space. And when he fights the mountain, he'll die and get brought back. He'll kind of take the wow. place of Dondarrion from here on out after that. So I haven't heard that before, but I love it. <gasps> oh, my God. I, I had a unique that. theory. Yes, Mark I love that. Mark it down, y'all. Heard it here first. Okay. I love that idea. Yeah, but I loved that scene. It was gut-wrenching, like horrible to watch, but it was really cool, and it also shows the power of the Lord of Light. And you wrote something up on the Lord of Light on Pure Fandom because it's so hard to keep the religion straight and understand what the hell they even mean and you kind of yeah so long story short with it and again we'll link to all this so you can see we did like a refresher during our rewatch and it's like 
we all know about the Lord of Light, but it's like, who the fuck is this person? So it's apparently a dude named Rayer, or I don't even know how to pronounce it. But long story short, the power of the Lord of Light is tied to magic and has some, like, old Valyria connections. And so, which makes sense that um, the Lord of Light is becoming more prominent with Danny and her ever-growing dragons. So, clearly, there's a connection there, obviously, um, with the fire stuff, too. Duh. Yeah. But um, I was talking with uh, Eric, my husband, today, and he was saying... You know, I think the only God is, like, the Lord of Light. Like, that's the God. Like, it's it's the... And it makes sense because there needs to be some, like, balance of nature. And we have the White Walkers. And it's like, now... And we have the Lord of Light. You know, it's just kind of... Yeah. And, and I think we're being... They made a point to prove that the, the power of the Lord of Light or whatever it really is, is real. So I think it's inevitable that Melisandre is going to come back into play... Because, oh, for sure. Yeah, she has that power, and I think she's going to have a big part to play when she shows back up. Um, do you want to dive into – let's talk about Danny. Of course, we yeah. had to go back to Danny only getting the last five minutes of the show, uh. old school style. Um, but that whole sequence was so powerful because nobody spoke until, you know, they're wa- they reach Dragonstone, they walk up the steps, they walk through the castle – she bypasses the throne. She said, I don't have time to sit on the throne. It's time to plan. Her and Tyrion walk that's into... That's not the throne she's meant to sit on, y'all. That's right. She walks into the whatever that room is and goes to the map and is just like... Shall we begin? Let's do the damn thing. Right? And that's how they end. Like, I love it. What? So, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just... I, I should just... I just need to rewatch the episode, which we'll do anyways. But when she first pulls up on her little boat to get off. Um, it almost looks like there were, like, caves there. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's where dragons would, like, camp out. I saw that, too. Yeah, and then fly up and, like, because I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, a really long way. Like, I know Targaryens all are, I like, super think- athletic. Exactly, that's all but- I kept thinking about was, like, God damn, that's a long walk. But if the dragons are sleeping down there, they can just fly right up and pick you up and take you where you need to go. Yes, and that's why it's the ultimate fortress, because there's only that one little bridge that you can get to the castle from and everything else is protected on all sides. I don't know why she doesn't just park it there. Like, hello. She will for a bit. But here's the thing. No, I mean, like, forever. Like, move King's Landing to there. And that's... Right. She should. (laughs) Like, I should. Then she doesn't have to deal with, like, the the piss and shit-filled streets of King's Landing. Yeah, like, King's Landing is, like, really shitty. And, like, Dragonstone, it was like, oh, you know, there's, like, a nice ocean right there. Very scenic. Very scenic. Well, Marine was Um, beautiful, too. Marine was beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I just have to say, I can't believe she left Dario there. Oh, yeah. Like, I get it. You have shit to do, but, like, yeah, bae. So, I think we know the natural progression of how this is going to go. I think Jorah will accompany Sam to wherever, or maybe, I, I think they're both going to leave the Citadel. I'd like to see them on a journey together, because I think that dynamic would be pretty interesting and funny. Yes. Um, and then... When John gets word, I think naturally he's going to head to Dragonstone, and I think that's where it's all going to go down because Cersei now knows about Dragonstone and Danny as well. So I think that's where John and Danny are going to form their alliance, and that's also where Cersei is probably going to attack them. Yep. And I was half hoping that when they walked into um, the, like, table room or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it's called, uh, Danny and Tyrion, that, like, Jamie would just be sitting there and being like, hey... I'm going to join you guys. 
<laughs> you know, like I knew it wasn't going to happen, but yeah. I was like, oh, that would be so amazing. Yeah. It's very interesting. I loved that the episode did exactly what it needed to do, which was no filler, cover every single episode, every or every character, every storyline, and it gave us a clear vision of what's going to happen next, where each of these characters are going, and where the story is going to progress to. I thought that it was it was perfect. It was perfect. And they gave us, um, because like you said, that needed to happen, they gave us the blockbuster opener. Mm-hmm. So it was like we still got our, to me that was the, um, sorry, it's been a year scene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, it was like, here this is for here you go scene. Um, I thought it was awesome. I'm so pumped to recap again with you this season oh and I also have to say because we didn't bring this up what somebody tweeted it's total fan service but I'm here for Brienne and Tormund the (gasps) fact that they threw threw that in again because they know we all think that that's hilarious and awesome and Brienne was like trying to show off for him wasn't she that's what she was doing yeah and then she was distracted by him and (laughs) Podrick got her yeah and he she like when she just like hit Podrick (laughs) down and he was like you're a lucky man. <laughs> or whatever he said. I was like, oh my God, so nasty. I love it. That was perfect. Perfect. I thought it was so good. Awesome. Um, did we cover everything? I think we did. I was trying to see if I came off any other. Oh, the the Citadel was in the opening credits. So we got to see that. Um, it showed the dire wolf. Oh no, of course, the dire wolf of House Stark was in the season six finale. Because mm-hmm. after Battle of the Bastards. Um, but yeah, I'm just r- super pumped about next week. So if oh, this yeah. baby can hold off till the due date, we could get like two more podcasts together. <laughs> yes. Hold on, baby. There's, I know. You know, we've got important things to do. I know, we do. Well, and they need to cook. Like, you got a couple more weeks to go. Right. Well, I guess next, this week, oh my God, San Diego Comic-Con is this weekend. Yes, San Diego Comic-Con is this weekend. So you and our senior editor, Meg Bonnie, will be there, correct? Correct. We'll be covering a lot. Follow us on yeah, Twitter dude. at pure oh. underscore fandom, Instagram at pure underscore fandom. Um, we're going to be posting there all weekend long, doing stuff on the stories, doing some videos on our YouTube page, um, doing some Periscope stuff. We are talking to the casts of, uh, oh, good God. Oh my God, you guys are doing everything. You're the 100, doing... basically every CW show. Yes, um, that's having a press room you guys will be in. Once Upon a Time, The Magicians, Winona Earp. Yeah, just, just so check it out stuff. on Twitter. We're gonna we'll update you guys what we're doing, but we're gonna be doing lots of coverage. We'll be checking out some new games, um, and giving you guys some reviews of some games that are gonna be coming out in the next couple of months. And then after that, we have Wizard World Columbus, which will be badass. Hell Wizard yeah. World Columbus is always a great one. Um, it's, and that's my birthday weekend, and I get to moderate Tenant. So oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it was the same weekend as your birthday. Yeah, so it's the ultimate. But we'll be doing our original that's when family. the babies do. Yeah. What did the babies do on your birthday? It better not steal my thunder. Oh my god, you would. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you haven't gotten uh, Wizard World tickets yet, but you're planning on going, we have a special code. If you listen to our podcast, when you are checking out to get your Wizard World tickets, use the special code Pure Fandom, and you'll get ten percent off of your purchase. And then I think after that we've got Nashville, Chicago, possibly Austin. So we'll be doing a bunch of cons. We'll be doing a bunch. I won't be back until possibly Austin for conventions. But um, you'll be there. Our team will be there. Our writers fucking rule. Um, So they'll be rocking it out. I'm super excited. We'll also have, um, if you're looking for SDC coverage, uh, I think we're just going to make like a dedicated page on the site. And we'll pin it to all of our social profiles so you you can follow 
All the hottest news. All breaking. the hottest news. Breaking news. All the exclusives we'll be getting, plus all the different trailer drops. Yes. Yeah. Which will be super fun. Okay. Um, thanks so much for joining today, Wendy. Thank you for having me, Liz. I super appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, okay, we'll leave you guys alone. Yeah, I think alone. Um, check out purefandom.com. If you want to write for us, email Lindy, L-I-N-D-I, at purefandom. Or Liz at purefandom.com. That's spelled L-I-Z. That's spelled L-I-Z. And uh, I think that's it. That was awesome. We'll catch you guys next week after another episode of Game of Thrones. Until then, capes out. out.